welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. It's great to have you here today. Uh, we are starting episode five of season two of our Sundays with Jeff Miller podcast. And today I'm going to start off talking a little bit about uh, the high school football team, um, my high school football team. They did make it to the state finals in the state of Michigan in Division Six, but they ended up losing to Montague 40-14. to 14. This is the third time they've made it to the playoffs and they have not been able to win the championship yet, but they do represent our community really well and it was exciting to be able to watch them on regular TV. The game was actually put on regular TV in Fox Sports Detroit, which made it fun to watch. Uh, and was able to share that on Facebook so other people in the community could actually enjoy streaming the game and watching it. And it was fun nonetheless. Congratulations to those young men. And hopefully, hopefully in the next year or two, they can actually bring that championship home. They really deserve it with all of their hard work. Speaking of hard work, it brings up the name of our episode for today. And today's episode is the goat greatest of all time times how's that that's our episode today and i'm going to start out by talking about a goat that we are all familiar with and that is tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers versus the kansas city chiefs in the super bowl this year now, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady managed to get there by their win, 31-26 over Green Bay and Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes are arriving with a 38-24 win over the Buffalo Bills. And the interesting thing to me about this whole GOAT thing is we've heard a lot about it. It's been in the news. It's all over and it's usually in re reference to Tom Brady. Also, Patrick Mahomes is getting quite a bit of play as the heir apparent to Tom Brady as the greatest of all time. It will be interesting to see who wins this game. But to start, there is some information I would like to share, and it starts with Tom Brady. Tom Brady has as many wins in the NFC title game as Drew Brees, Donovan McNabb, Steve Young, and Aaron Rodgers. One. Interesting, because those are some pretty good quarterbacks, right? Tampa Bay and Tom Brady uh, is now the second quarterback in NFL history to win both an AFC title game and an NFC title game. Now, I bet you cannot guess who the other quarterback is that achieved that. I actually remember this guy, Craig Morton, and he played with the Cowboys and the Broncos. How about that? And then Tom Brady also holds the Buccaneers franchise record for TD passes currently uh, at seven in the playoffs. How's that? and it's his first year on the team. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are the fourth team seeded fifth or lower to make a Super Bowl since 1990. 
The other three have all won the Super Bowl, including the 2005 Steelers, the 2007 New York Giants, and the 2010 Green Bay Packers. And the New York Giants won over New England 17-14. to 14. So I find that kind of interesting. I mean, is it possible that Tom Brady wins this Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs? Would you bet against him? Interesting to think about, right? Tom Brady and the Bucks are the first team to play the Super Bowl at their home stadium. Now, how about the heir apparent? How about Patrick Mahomes? This is the first Super Bowl to feature the last two Super Bowl quarterbacks facing each other. How's that? Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. So I think that's kind of cool. And it's the first quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, under 25 to start multiple times in the Super Bowl under 25 years of old age. Something else I think you need to know. And then this is the second Super Bowl ever with both quarterbacks had previously won a Super Bowl MVP award. The only other time, Tom Brady versus Eli Manning in the Super Bowl. That's the only other time that has occurred. So I did a little research. I was doing a little work on the greatest of all time. And I found it interesting because, I'll be honest with you, probably early on in Tom Brady's career, I was not the biggest fan of Tom Brady. Probably even over the last few years, I've not been the biggest fan of Tom Brady. But how can you not be? I mean, honestly, how can you not be a fan of him? He has done such an awesome job as a quarterback in the NFL particularly with New England and now and now with Tampa Bay. They were 7-5 and five after 12 games. Who would have thought that they would make the playoffs, let alone be in the Super Bowl? It's what Tom Brady brings to the table. As the season progressed, he got better, and he makes the people around him better. And he's 43. 43. I think the key to it, in my opinion, in watching him, and watching him the other day in this particular game, the difference between him and Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, was that Tom Brady, for some reason, is able to keep it fun. And therefore, it's contagious to the other people around him, and they end up out there more relaxed, ready to just have fun and move forward. It seems like Aaron Rodgers has been controversial for years. There's always something going on. And even though last season he said it was the funnest season he's ever had in the NFL, I don't know that I really believe him because he also was upset about the fact that his team didn't draft a wide receiver for him and went and drafted a backup quarterback. I understand the disappointments, but... On the same token, now he wants to renegotiate a contract that he just signed, and he wants to be, you know, a $40 million quarterback. Are you really looking out for the interests of your team when it, you feel in order to justify how 
good you are based on just the salary you get. I Another thing that really surprised me about Tom Brady, I don't think he's ever been, and if he was, it was probably for a brief moment, the number one highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And it, yet, he is considered the greatest of all time. And pretty much, Aaron Rodgers has put himself in a position where he's got to win six Super Bowls, maybe five, to even equal Tom Brady in wins in a Super Bowl or in total appearances in order to even match the number. And if Tom Brady wins this particular Super Bowl, he'll be 7-3, and three, and then it would require Aaron Rodgers to win six more times. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. I went back and did a little research, like I started to say a few minutes ago, and I just quick recap. The first three Super Bowls that Tom Brady was in, they won. They, they won in 2002. Uh, New England beat St. Louis 20-17. to 17. And then in 2004, they beat the Carolina Panthers 32-29. to And then in 2005, New England beats Philadelphia 24-21. to Then they take a break for a couple years, and they come back in 2008, and he gets his first loss to the New York Giants 17-14. 17-14. to And then... Four years, so 2012, they come back to the Super Bowl and they lose to the New York Giants again, 21 to 17. So now he's three and two. In 2015, New England beats Seattle 28-24, and Tom Brady's record goes to four and two. And then in 2017, they New England beats Atlanta 34-28 to make him 5-2. And in 2018, they lose to Philadelphia 41-33. He's now 5-3 at that point. And then in 2019, New England beats the Rams in probably the boring, most boring football game we've ever watched, right? In Super Bowl history, 13-3. And he's 6-3. So this year, if he can pull off the win against Patrick Mahomes, he will go to 7-3. If not, he's 6-4. and four. And really, is there anything wrong with winning 60% of your games in the Super Bowl? Probably not, unless you've won all of your games in the Super Bowl, right? So it got me to thinking about other great times or uh, greatest of all time times or moments in my lifetime. And I started thinking about a timeline for it. And so I went back and I looked at, so for me, one of the first things I can remember as a young man is John F. Kennedy's assassination and the funeral procession. And that was back in November of 1963. Now, I'm not necessarily trying to say that that was a great time because it wasn't a great time for America, right? But it was an interesting time. It was an interesting moment, and for some reason, that stood out in my memory. Not sports-related, right? And I think mostly because I remember watching on TV with my mom, glued to the TV for days. And that was before we had 
all the different channels that we could watch news. And then the next thing for me growing up was the 1968 Detroit Tigers. So now we go back to sports and the fond memories I have of George Kell and Ernie Harwell announcing those Detroit Tiger games. And when I look at greatest of all time, somebody that comes to mind for me and really has not been a fan favorite uh, for a lot of people, Denny McLean of the 1968 Detroit Tigers. Denny McLean was 31 and six. And it was interesting watching his performance and the Tigers' performance in that World Series where they played St. Louis and probably the best pitcher in the National League, in the National Baseball League, um, in the majors, I should say, Bob Gibson, who was 22-9 and and had the lowest ERA at 1.12. Now, Denny McLean, definitely 31-6, and was a great pitcher that year. His ERA was 1.96. Now, Denny McLean ended up having to go against Bob Gibson in the series twice. So in game one, they both pitched against each other and Detroit lost to St. Louis four to nothing. And then in game four, Denny McLean also had to pitch against Bob Gibson and the Tigers lost that game 10 to nothing. And then in game six, when Detroit really needed them because they were down three games to two, Denny McLean, who I consider back at that time one of the greatest of all time. I mean, you win 31 games in the majors, you are good at something, right? He had a great season, um, great memory in my mind goes out and pitches Detroit to a 13-1 win over St. Louis, which then propels them into the Game 7, where Mickey Lolich goes up against Bob Gibson. Now, previous to this game, Mickey Lolich won Game 2, 8-1, won Game 5, 5-3, and then he has to go and pitch against Bob Gibson, in game seven and the Tigers win four to one win the World Series and Mickey Lolich ends up the MVP now according to my mom Mickey Lolich was the greatest of all time so that was another great memory for me I really enjoyed listening to George Kellen Ernie Harwell did it many times at night up in the bedroom window popped open we didn't have an air conditioner back then fans of blowing getting some cool air in the middle of summer and especially when they would go like to the west coast you would get to listen to them late at night they were like 10 30 11 o'clock games seemed late i was a young guy so that was a good time that was one of the greatest of all time times for myself and then 1969 walking on the moon neil armstrong another great great time and moment uh, in time again not sports related but then we get back to sports and Detroit Tigers and American League MVP Kirk Gibson win the 1984 World Series. In Game 5, he has two home runs to lead the Tigers to the title. But the part about Kirk Gibson is not necessarily 1984. I mean, I do remember the 1984 Tigers very fondly. 
But the moment that I remember about Kirk Gibson will always be the home run for the L.A. Dodgers. The infamous home run, game one, and he ends up winning the National League MVP in that year. That home run was probably one of the greatest of all time moments in Major League Baseball. So, um, personally for me, I go back in 1967 and I look at uh, personal events that I remember, great time moments, because I think we all have these moments. I think it's nice that Tom Brady is considered the greatest of all time because of his football prowess, but I think we all have these moments and we need to focus on them. For me, 1967, I, uh, I had Perthes growing up as a young man and had a brace that I had to wear for like four years. Kind of looked like Forrest Gump. I think I've talked about it before, but I got that brace off. That was in 1967, and that was so, so exciting for me. I was able to run to my best friend's house, and then we ran to my, my aunt's house and uncles and told them, and then to my other aunt and uncles and over to my grandparents all around town, sharing the news with everybody, and I actually thought I was the greatest at that time of all time because I was able to get this brace off after uh, pretty much realizing that, you know, or being being shared later in life that my parents actually were told that that would never happen, that I would always have this utility that I would wear or be in a wheelchair growing up. And then in 1978, on December 29th, I married my wife, Sandy, and I remember fondly of the moment um, of her walking down that aisle. And one of the things that I love most about her is her smile. And I don't think I saw anything else in that church other than her. Another greatest of all times, times. Right there. I'll never forget that day. And then May 1st, 1983, our twins, Jason and Sarah, were born. And then June 9th, 1986, our youngest son, Alex, another greatest of all time, times moment that I wanted to share. And last but not least, August 22nd, 2018, the day of my car accident that changed my life forever, um... That was the 234th day of that year. And I thought this was kind of interesting when I was looking into it. And it was also the 34th Wednesday of 2018. But the moment there that I remember the most is the fact that I was touched that day in a way that most people don't ever experience in their lifetime. And I know up to this point, I don't think I have, although I think God works daily in my life. But the actual laying on of hands in that moment on my back which was severely injured in that accident uh, another greatest of all time moments that I will not forget and then it brought me all back to the goat and and I and I've been thinking a lot about Aaron Rodgers this week because he's been in the news and he's been on the forefront of sports with you know is he coming back is he not coming back um, and I tried to actually put myself in his position and try to feel how he's feeling right now. And I, you know, I started to realize that, you know, 
there are some things that you find out. You read, okay, Aaron Rodgers is tied for the most losses ever in a conference title uh, round. He's one and four. Some of the other guys that have done that, Ken Stabler and Donovan McNabb, are also one and four. And then, believe it or not, the other guy that has four losses in the conference title round is also Tom Brady. He's won 10, but he's still lost four. Um, Brady is 9-1 and one in conference title games when not facing uh, Peyton Manning. There you go. Uh, we all have our moments, right? Um, and then Aaron Rodgers threw six interceptions this year. Only six interceptions, which is probably going to be an MVP year. But, you know, probably doesn't mean as much to him. He's going to be the MVP, but he really wants to win that Super Bowl. He's had... Six interceptions this year, and he had three against Tampa Bay, two in the regular season, and one in the postseason. So matchups, right? We talk about those types of things. But it got me thinking a lot about Aaron Rodgers, and I really think that it's the competitive spirit that athletes have and the desire to win that fuels that fire. And sometimes it's not as much about how you play the game or what you do because you he's very talented obviously he is a very 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 good quarterback Matt Stafford Detroit another really good quarterback that just hasn't had the opportunity or been put in the spot that Tom Brady's been put in but Tom Brady has managed to come through and the thing that I notice the most in my opinion about Tom Brady is kind of like seeing the video out there of Tom Brady with Drew Brees coming out on the field after the final game for Drew Brees, which might be the end of his career, and he's out on the field with him and his family, Drew Brees' family and his kids, and he throws a you know a touchdown pass to Drew Brees' son in the end zone, and then they embrace and hug, and and what a great moment, and that is what I think I see about Tom Brady that I have come to admire. It seems to me that he genuinely enjoys playing the game. And I hope that Aaron Rodgers can get to that point where he actually realizes that it's true blessing um, that he's had to be able to play this game and that he gets in a position that he can become uh, the greatest of all times in a particular time. So maybe it's only one more time for him. But I hope he gets to, to, to achieve that. And I really hope it's in Green Bay because I do think that he is a diehard cheesehead. I really think he is. I think he enjoys it there. So now I'm going to go back full circle. I'm going to talk about Neil Armstrong one more time to wrap this up for us on this episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. Neil Armstrong preferred to focus on the team that helped get him to the moon rather than his own first step. And, and there was a quote in a 60-minute show in 2005 where Neil Armstrong's quote goes like this, I guess we all like to be recognized, not for one piece of fireworks, but for the ledger of our daily work. He said that in 2005 on a 60 Minutes episode. And I think if you think about that, I guess we all like to be recognized, 
not for one piece of fireworks, but for the ledger of our daily work. And as athletes and as people, I think that that wraps it up in a nutshell. I think if we just realize that we're here and we get to do things and enjoy things and we are in the moment, we can all be the greatest of all time at what we do, which is life, right? I don't know. I know it's a unique, unique perspective. It's a little different, but I had to share that with you today. Thanks for joining me. Remember, you can message me on Instagram or Twitter if you want. Friend me, like me, follow me, ask me questions. And you can also email me at Sundays, S-O-N-D-A-Z with Jeff Miller at gmail.com. Play nice, love your neighbor, and most of all, have fun. Bye.